You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we conclude our Oscars coverage, or sort of, another episode tomorrow, but I guess we conclude our Oscar reviews of all eight picture nominees, best picture nominees in the 91st Academy Awards, and we're here to do an episode, a third one out of these eight that we've covered before in a review, but we're doing our Oscar review right now, particularly because 50% of us hadn't seen this before. It is A Star Is Born, the remake of the remake, uh, a movie which had so many people getting excited and going gaga, no pun intended, over <laughs> it last year. Um, it stars Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, Dave Chappelle, Alec Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Um, and Dave Chappelle? Yeah, he's the one black dude in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know that was Dave Chappelle? <laughs> no. <laughs> There you go. Mind blown. Oh. <laughs> uh, my name is Ben, and you're just fucking ugly. Well, my name's Colin, and I'm the only woman allowed to perform on this drag show. <laughs> well, you do that then. Uh, <laughs> I'm always excited to be able to talk uh, with you on these episodes when it's one that I'd seen, done a review about before, and then you've come back and watched this. Um, obviously a lot different to Bohemian Rhapsody because you went out of your way to see that, whereas this one, as you said yesterday, you had real no intentions of seeing this film. So I'll just start by saying I still enjoy this film. I like it. Um, how about you, Colin? <laughs> I feel like you're going to hate this movie for some reason. All right. So when I first saw that, like I mentioned yesterday, I have this grudge against Bradley Cooper because he was so bad on Alias that uh, it's pretty well known now they wrote him out of the show after two seasons um, because the audience just hated him and it wasn't really him it was like a poorly written character and a poorly positioned character but every time he's in a movie i still flash back to alias movie because like i still watch alias like i'll go back and watch it to this day so i always have a hard time with him but jamie loves bradley cooper so every time he's in a movie it's pretty much a given i'll have to watch it i was really happy when the trailer came out for star is born because I'm like, that looks terrible. I don't care if you want to see this shame when we're not seeing it. And then she's like, yeah, it looks pretty bad. So we haven't seen this. And then it got all these nominations. Or even before it got the nominations, I kept having people say, oh, have you seen A Star is Born? I'm like, no. It's like, oh, so good. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But everybody seemed to say that. So I'm like, mm, this probably will get some nominations. I'll have to watch it eventually. I wasn't looking forward to it in any way. And halfway through this movie, I actually stopped it. And uh, not because I was angry, like you were with the favorite, but uh, I just had to go to work. And I told Jamie, I'm like, you know what's really surprising? I'm like, I think I love this movie, A Star is Born. And she's like, really? Wow. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is fantastic. And I came home and I immediately put on the movie to finish it. And it was almost exactly at the point that I cut off. I think the movie just takes a bit of a downturn because... And then I finished it, and I'm like, well, that was okay. And Jamie's like, I thought you said you loved the movie. I'm like, I did, but like the second half, just not nearly as good as the first. And I've got a few theories, which I'll get to as to why that is. But, I mean, that's kind of my opinion. I think that the first half of this movie works so well. But the second half is just, it's just, it's not that great. <laughs> it's, I can't find a more articulate way to say it. It's just, it's okay. So basically you were sitting there, you know, just, just be better! Be better! Yeah, just try harder! <laughs> um, Stop going all alias on me, Bradley Cooper! 
I see. I have always loved Bradley Cooper. I think uh, I never watched Alias, but uh, he was in Nip Tuck, and we talked a lot about him in Nip Tuck about how kind of he just played this aloof kind of just funny guy who I guess then went into that character when he really made it big in The Hangover and things like that. So I've always been a Bradley Cooper fan. Uh, loved him in Silver Linings Playbook, uh, and just. You know, he's he's maybe in my man crush top five. I just I just like the guy. He seems like a guy that you just want to hang out with. Um, so I was kind of sold on that. But then Lady Gaga, like, yes, come on, I'm in the middle middle aged gay men's white club or whatever the hell that <laughs> club is. So you know I'm gonna like her music. And then I, I mean, turns out I mentioned it yesterday. I, I watched American Horror Story, and I remember when she was cast in that, and thinking like, well, you know, is this just gonna be one of these ones where they get a singer and they're generally terrible as an actor? Um, but she kind of blew my mind in American Horror Story. Mind you, the role was kind of born for someone like her to play, like a bit of a craziness character. She won a heap of awards for that, Golden Globes and Emmys and everything along those lines. So when she's cast in this, and a lot of people who hadn't seen her in that were thinking like, oh, Lady Gaga, what's going to happen there? And then kind of she blows everyone away with her acting ability in this too. It's kind of... I think it just it's a movie that, to me, I was always going to see just based on the, the two leads. Um... And it's it's also very interesting to see, like, who else was considered for this. Like, Tom Cruise potentially could have been the Bradley Cooper role in this one. It could have been Tom Cruise and Beyonce. Uh, how would have we been watching that one? Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I have no history with the originals. Um, I mean, I think there's actually, what, three originals and a Bollywood version as well. Yeah. So, a Star is Born month coming soon to the Oz <laughs> Network. Um, and I was actually talking to my dad about this because, you know, dad was one of those people, I think, a few months ago who was like, oh, people keep telling me I need to see Star is Born. And I'm like, dad, I don't think you would like a Star is Born. <laughs> and then we were talking a little bit about it. And then he said he'd seen the Chris Christopherson, uh, Barbara Streisand one and thought it was terrible. So, yeah. Um, but it's an interesting one because, like, particularly with the fact that this is Bradley Cooper, uh, you know, directed this film as well. Uh, his his debut. So I think kind of there is that level where Lady Gaga is shining as an actor, Bradley Cooper directing as well as his singing ability too. And it's really interesting if you actually go through and read, um, you know, the the levels that Bradley Cooper went to get this uh, authentic. He was hanging out with like uh, Willie Nelson's son and talking to Chris Christopherson and just really practicing and everything along those lines too. So... Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. The fact is, that, uh, I think this one of these movies that, as you were saying, that everyone is was talking about it when it was first yeah. released. So, um, it just I don't think it's lived up to the hype in terms of the uh, Oscars because there was a point where everyone was saying this is going to sweep everything at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I just want to comment as the one who does not have a man crush on Bradley Cooper. Quite the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm often surprised, like, even with Civil Lines Playbook, I'm like, he's so good in it, but I wouldn't... I, I struggled to go out of my way to give him enough credit to say he really deserved a nomination for that, and he did. He was better in Civil Lines Playbook than he was in this. But this was the first time I've ever seen Bradley Cooper in a movie where I wasn't always questioning myself, oh, that's Bradley Cooper, though, you know? <laughs> oh, it's Bradley Cooper. Um, he really owns this character, and... I, I, Lady Gaga is getting all the credit because she's never acted before, but I feel like that's a disservice to Bradley Cooper because here's a guy who's very experienced as an actor and I think probably just delivered one of his best performances because there's nothing big about this. I mean, he, it's a much less interesting character than I think he's ever played before. He's usually playing like you know fast talking, smooth talking guys uh, or civilized playbook like somebody who who's 
a very clear-cut, like, quirky character. And here he's just such an average guy. I mean, that's the point of the character. And he feels so authentic. The way that Lady Gaga feels authentic because she's essentially playing a version of herself, he feels authentic. And yet I believe this is probably the furthest from real Bradley Cooper we've ever seen. Um, mm. I, I was, like, blown away by his performance in this movie in perspective of how bad this year is i'll say that it's not like if this were last year and it were you know up against uh you know like gary oldman it, it doesn't hold a candle um as far as lady gaga goes i was worried that she was getting all this credit just because she is inexperienced and i find that that happens often when there's somebody who you know oh this is their first role and look how good they were you get that with child actors a lot like people are like Haley Joel Osment was amazing. Can you believe that a ten-year-old could give a performance like that? I don't. It's the best supporting actor award, or in this case, like best actress award. It's not best actress of somebody who's done less than three acting roles, you know. But she legitimately was good in this movie, regardless of who you cast. I will say that some of the more emotional scenes on the end of the movie, uh, kind of awkwardly bad. I didn't buy her in like the emotional dramatic scenes near the end, but the early stuff in the movie or even some of the other stuff throughout, she feels so natural and not in a way where it's like, she's just playing herself. Like she, she feels like a different character for herself. Thought she was great in it. Um, you mentioned Bradley Cooper's singing voice. Can I just say this man has an exceptionally bad singing voice that is <laughs> so perfect for this character he's playing <laughs> i was l laughing when he starts singing his first song i'm like you gotta hear how bad of a singer bradley cooper is and i'm plugging in for jamie to go and she's like yeah and i'm like it's not pierce brosnan mama mia bad but it is bad <laughs> and then he finishes the song and i'm like i think he was supposed to be bad i this is like that like you said willie nelson style or you could even you know lump like somebody like tom petty in there it's that maybe southern you know um average guy uh singer that that just i'm focusing more on my performance in the guitar i don't care about my voice it suited the character he was playing but i do not want to listen to a soundtrack of just bradley cooper's voice uh, <laughs> it, it is it, it, uh, there's a reason why rami malik did the lip syncing i mean maybe they should have gotten somebody to do the vocals for this maybe they should have gotten freddie mercury to do the vocals for bradley cooper um it, I don't know. It's just it works for the role, but in a way, it's weird because I don't buy that he would have become a massive rock star with a voice like that. It's interesting how, like, and I, if we ever did a full recap of this kind of around his stardom, like, which it, it just it comes and goes, doesn't it? Like one minute he's the most famous person in the room, like, oh my god, it's that mm. guy, and then the next minute it's like, who is that guy? Um, so yeah, it's interesting, and I actually think it's also interesting too because this is his fourth nomination for acting uh and realistically many? yeah yeah silver linings playbook american hustle and american sniper he had three in a row oh there. yeah hustle yeah um and realistically he's not going to win this so that's going to put him on four without a win now that's around about leonardo dicaprio territory yeah. when the memes and the jokes started happening and then he won <laughs> it for his fifth one so i mean i know you're not a leo fan but i mean is bradley cooper officially the new leonardo dicaprio after this well funny enough the first time i actually thought leonardo dicaprio really deserved to win was the revenant and that's the one he won for um <laughs> what is bradley cooper's next movie that's what i'm curious about uh the emoji movie 2 i i don't know <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm trying to find actually here the record. So uh, I mean, the Meryl one Street we we longer. Yeah, did she? Oh well, I was thinking Glenn Close holds that record now, doesn't she? Because she's had mm. six without a win. Um, how many did Meryl Streep have? Oh no, I think Meryl Streep. She won earlier in her career because I think for Kramer versus Kramer, it's just how many. I guess how many consecutively she didn't, but she had. Oh. Well, she's won like 30 now, so that's fine. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, we're not really going to talk probably in our preview one tomorrow. We might talk a little bit about Glenn Close because I think she's the female Leonardo DiCaprio in terms of never having won one. But, I mean, I'm looking through here on this list, at least I'm looking at Amy Adams, five times never oh, nominated. Come on. Um, Julianne Moore's won an Oscar. I think this list must be a bit old. Uh, Deborah Kerr, six nominations without ever winning one. Johnny Depp's been nominated three times. Peter O'Toole, eight times and he got an honorary one. Annette Benning. I thought she won for American Beauty. No. Um, oh, four nominations. Richard Burton, seven nominations. Scorny Weaver, three nominations. And Laura Linney. Oh, that's a bit of a shame. Tom Cruise, also three nominations. You know so, what? Um, um, yeah. So, Bradley Cooper uh, also had the movie The Mule this year with Clint Eastwood, who I guess he's kind of Clint Eastwood's protege. I mean, I felt like, especially coming off of American Sniper and The Mule... This movie had almost a Clint Eastwood style direction to it, which I appreciated. But if he is the new Leonardo DiCaprio, we know he didn't get nominated for the Mule. His next role is the voice of Rocket in Avengers Endgame. So best supporting yeah. actor win next year will be Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> well, I mean, look, he's not going to win an Oscar, but he's probably going to win a Grammy. Um, I mean, <laughs> actually, to date this episode, we're recording this the day before the Grammys. So uh, at the time of listening to this... Congratulations, Grammy Award winner Bradley Cooper. Uh, <laughs> you know, on, uh, and if he didn't win, commiserations, <laughs> Grammy nominee Bradley Cooper. It's that sort of situation, Colin. It's a bit coarse and rough and irritating. It gets everywhere, but luckily we covered our bases there on many levels. You know what's um, interesting about like the songs in this? Because I, I do legitimately mean like I think that his voice sounds terrible. He does not have a good singing voice, but it does perfectly fit this character. The songs in this movie, I guess just in levels of this being a musical, I didn't realize why the songs work so well. Like, these two styles work for the characters uh, until I watched the full end credits and realized that even though they had, like most musicals do, they hired somebody to write all the songs for the movie. Bradley Cooper was involved in co-writing all the songs basically for his character, and Lady Gaga Mm. was involved in co-writing all the songs for her character, and it gave it this consistency. So I think, like... The soundtrack, this is a movie where so much is made up of music performances like Bohemian Rhapsody. Unlike Bohemian Rhapsody, they're not going to get ready to award somebody an award because he can lip sync and move like somebody he's just imitating off the screen. (laughs) These are characters who have come up with their own performance style. It's all – they have nothing to base this on. And I appreciate more, I guess, the the praise for – the music in this movie being part of the performance or even part of the movie, because normally if you have a movie where half of it is just a live performance, I'm going to deduct points because you're not having to do that much acting, but they really do because they, they got as involved to say, I want these songs to feel like the way I view this character and all that kind of works in this movie. I feel like my complaints for this movie is more how the story goes in the second half and not the characters. I think the one thing this movie really has going for it is that the characters get stronger as you go throughout it, which is, I guess opposite of the, what I've said about both the favorite and Roma, where I almost was left more confused about the characters the longer the movie went. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think it falls away that much, um, but I can see where it might. Um, 
I, I agree with everything you're saying about the style of music. I mean, it's a great soundtrack. Um, for obvious reasons. I mean, it's kind of, it's built around the soundtrack and a lot of that is being shown, I think, with the, the attention it's getting from like the Grammys and how popular and how successful Shallow was. And if there's going to be a lock for an award that this movie's going to win, it's going to be for best original song. Um, and funnily enough, actually, I believe this is the first time since your favorite song of all time or favorite movie, My Heart Will Go On, where a movie, Ugh. um, nominated for both song or record of the year at the Grammys and Best Picture Oscar. So, um, and again, at the time of releasing this, congratulations for Shallow for winning Record of the Year at the Grammys or commiserations for Shallow not winning the best <laughs> song at the Grammys. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know like if I'm completely with you, yeah, as I said in the second half of this movie, like dropping away. I think, I mean, kind of, this is definitely one of these ones where you come into it knowing where... A lot of people are talking about, like, oh, I cried so much at the ending. So you're expecting there to be something mm. happening at the ending, and it kind of does get to a point where you kind of figure out what's going to happen. Um, and I remember sitting in the movies watching this, and, you know, Mallory's crying next to me. Uh, you know, I had a little tear in my eye. I'm not going to deny it. And then kind of as we left the cinema and walked towards the bathroom, just all these people around us who were crying still, <laughs> like, oh, I cried so much at the end of the movie. It's like, holy crap, okay, it was a bit sad, but it wasn't like... You know, mm-hmm. Lassie dying sad. <laughs> um, did Lassie die? No, I'm thinking of Bambi. No, who died in one of those movies? Bambi died. Oh, what, what, I'm sure one of Jack, the Lassies is dead by Jack now. Jack dying in Titanic. Oh, oh Jack, Jack dying Titanic sad. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, it's go. the baby in Roma. It's the baby in Roma. Sorry, spoiler again. Oh, no. That beloved baby that died in Roma. <laughs> We're all so fond of it. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. Did did you like? Do you ever cry, Colin? I don't know if you no. ever cry in movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll cry if Rami Malek wins Best Actor just out of <laughs> frustration. But <laughs> um, here's the thing: I-, I felt like the way that the big emotional moment happens at the end of the movie, it did actually catch me off guard because I didn't see it going that direction and. It kind of, that's kind of the moment where it brought me back a little bit. Um, my problem with the second half is more just in how I thought the, the first half was so strong. Because I wasn't expecting... I knew this movie was going to be following basically over the course of a few years. Or let's say at least a year throughout these characters. Because it's called A Star is Born. You know he's going to discover her. You know They're going to get together. You're going to have to follow some of their relationship. But oh, the I entire... get it now. Oh, there you go. Right, okay. There um, it is. <laughs> I was wondering why there was no constellations in this movie. Yeah, you know, I didn't see any physical birth and cutting of the umbilical cord. False advertising. <laughs> uh, there was no Big Bang. <laughs> but the first hour of this movie all takes place over the course of maybe two or three days. And I think that's why I love the first half so much. Because it wasn't just your typical, you know, fame. This isn't a biopic book. It would fall in the same category as this movie about like the rise and fall of somebody through fame, where you're just you know exactly where it's going to hit every single beat. You know they're going to uh, get famous, then they're going to either they're going to get an ego or somebody else going to get an ego. There's going to be conflict. Um, there's going to be you know rehab. It, it's just it's everything we've seen a million times. But that first hour was almost like a different movie. It was like Bradley Cooper was making a movie about what fame is really like. And you sort of mentioned, you know, how this guy handles fame. And I found that to be the most fascinating thing in this movie because you would expect in most movies the way they would handle that there'd be bodyguards all the time. You know, he has a driver, which first I just want to say, big shout out to uh, Greg Grunberg, who plays this driver, yes. uh, who 
not even a JJ Abrams movie and he's in this movie. Like, what's going on? And and he has the opposite of the Bradley Cooper effect, where Bradley Cooper was meant to be one of the main stars of Alias and the audience hated him enough that they wrote him out. Greg Grunberg was supposed to be like a guest star in Alias and the audience loved him so much that they made him a main character for almost the entire run of the show. Uh, And also the guy who plays, uh, I guess, Bradley Cooper's rehab counselor in this movie, Ron Rifkin, who is the main villain on Alias. So I love that Bradley Cooper and becoming a big time director now is uh, giving some work to his old Alias castmates who were better on the show than he was. But anyways, um, that opening talk, Bradley, get Julian McMahon a job. Come on. But the when he just sort of has the driver and then he just says pull over this looks like a good bar and he goes are you sure and he walks into a drag bar uh <laughs> which also shout out the owner of that drag bar uh we talked about a lot in rupaul's drag race uh rossi's gonna appreciate this i'm like that's shangela who is like the odds on favorite to win the last season of rupaul's drag race uh who has that you know them by decent- name colin I do. I, I am. The, I, we established. I am like the voice of drag queens in Canada. Uh, <laughs> that is my role. You can hear more about it in our coverage of RuPaul's Drag Race. But uh, yeah, there's. They got somebody from RuPaul's. Bradley Cooper must be a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. But anyways, the way that they're presenting fame in this movie, where he walks in the club and there are people who notice him, but it's not like it's not like you would see in every other movie where it's like. Oh, I can't breathe. You got to get out of here. And then there's, you know, they go somewhere else. When they go to the grocery store, there's a lady who's just snapping pictures of him. And like Lady Gaga is getting kind of upset. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. And he's like, it's all right. It happens all the time. That's so much more real to what fame is. And that's what I love so much about this movie. The fact that he would, it would just be everyday life for him. He's like, you got to accept this. You know, I'm, I'm not going to name names or go into details or anything. But like, I have a relative who, you know, there was a period we were fairly close to who was, fairly famous um like 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 famous enough that you go in public and there are other famous people who come up and talk to them uh and this is sort of what that was like from my experiences of being around that relative you know people would come up and just but be most honest, time- colin it's me when you hung out with me it's okay you can just <laughs> whatever it's fine the audience it. knows when Ben and I went, uh, couldn't find Jamie and Mallory, and we went to Burger King so he could get his 39th Putin, uh, there was the cashier snapping pictures. I'm like, you don't do that. This man deserves his privacy. <laughs> oh, but, just, it's part of life. What can I say? But this is kind of what it's like, where it's like, you're, you're going to go. It's not going to be, I'm going to send somebody to the store. I mean, famous people, Leonardo DiCaprio will probably go out to the store to buy a bag of chips or a Slurpee if he wants to. And you're just going to accept that some people are going to snap pictures of you, although most people will probably just be like, hey, look, and they're not going to want to bother to come up to talk to you. And even just the way Lady Gaga interacted with him, where she's like, yeah, I think I know who you are. Hey, how's it going, man? But she's she's trying to play it cool around him. You know, all of that stuff was so fascinating to me. And then the moment that it starts becoming about her building her stardom it just felt weird. Like we go from an hour of following these characters over the course of several days in the first hour of this movie. And then it's like, okay, here's a scene. Now we're going to jump forward a week and we're going to get another cookie cutter scene that you've seen in all these other fame biopics. And that's kind of how it fell apart for me because the first half was different. And the second half was, I've seen it before. I see it. I see what you're saying. I, yeah, I maybe not feel the same, but yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, (laughs) I do like how this does lead again to us getting Alec Baldwin in the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 
not like a spoiler as such, but like when they get there to do the Saturday Night Live scene, oh, who's someone we can get as a guest host? Like he's just like, if you ever listen to our Lost coverage where we talk about Boone basically just being, I'll do it, I'll do it. He's just the character just always there. Like, no, Boone, it's okay. <laughs> like just, no, I will, I can do everything. Like that's Alec Baldwin. They're like, we need a celebrity. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, can we just say... He is in two Best Picture nominated movies. There was, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. Where, oh, no, it was last year. There was, I can't, try to pick, picture who the actor was who was in three of the nine Best Picture nominated movies. It was like a supporting actor, but they have that claim. He's in two here. He will also be in two of our Bad Movie Month coming next month <laughs> to the Oz Network. This guy's covering all bases. Like, he's everywhere. We've done basically Alec Baldwin month accidentally. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> has he? He's been nominated for an Oscar, hasn't he? Surely he's been nominated. Theater, for I think he got nominated, didn't he? Uh, po- I mean, he deserves to be. Like, if he's not, like, come on. Hashtag justice for Alec Baldwin. Can we confirm? Um, what was he nominated for? Because it's bothering me now. Oh, yeah. Let's let's do this live on air. Um, the cool. No, the cooler. Uh, for Academy Award for Best Support. Who did he lose to in 2003? Was that Morgan Freeman who won it that year? Uh, I think that was Possibly. 2004. Um, Tim he Robbins. lost it to Tim Robbins. There we go. I was one off. Well, Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins, very close. Like, come on, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. How's that? Um, that was justice for Shawshank Redemption. Both of them um, getting that way. Um, what was I going to add? Yeah, so this has been nominated for eight... Oscars, um, and realistically, the only one it's favourite for is original song, which it will surely win. Um, the thing that I found most unique about this awards season around it was, you know, when it started with the Golden Globes and Glenn Close won, all the headlines were like, shocking favourite as Lady Gaga misses out. Like, it was kind of, yeah. straight away, everyone was like a lock that Lady Gaga was going to win. And now it's realistically she's what dropped down to about third favourite behind, I think, Olivia Coleman now too. So, I mean, look, I would have liked nothing more for Lady Gaga to win an Oscar. I think that would have been a great story in itself. But I'm just saying it now. I'm more of a Glenn Close fan. Uh, so I want Glenn Close to win that so bad. But, yeah, I mean, do you give it a shot for anything else? Because re- realistically on the scheme of things... Um, oh. I think the only other one where it's potentially in with a shot is um, sound mixing. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, musicals tend to you know clean up with sound, but it's not even like the only musical. I think you know it's going to be a lot more likely for Bohemian Rhapsody to take that as much as I hate it. Hmm. Well, it's, so best picture, best actor, best actress. Do you think it was a snub for Bradley Cooper not getting best director nom? And. There's the other thing. As somebody who's always just wanting to dislike everything Bradley Cooper does, I'd heard so many people say, oh, he was snubbed. And I hate when they say it because the only time somebody ever says snub for a director is when it's an actor who does it. You know, like when Ben Affleck missed out. There are tons of directors who got snubbed. I mean, we have uh, only three of the directors nominated this time. Um, uh, oh, no. one. My math is terrible here. Uh <laughs> One of the best directors nominated this time isn't even nominated for Best Picture, which is really bizarre. Uh, And we used to have it where there was always one director, like four out of the five nominees in the old days would always get director and picture. And it's weird to me when somebody can get a Best Picture nomination and not a Best Director, but them expanding the nominations is made a little bit different. I was expecting this to be like, 
the same thing like with Lady Gaga. Oh, is credit just because people know who Lady Gaga is and they're surprised she can do this? Same way it was like, oh, people know who Ben Affleck is and they're surprised he can make a movie as good as Argo. Not that he, if if he was named Yorgos Lanthimos, that anybody <laughs> would have cared. But I was watching this movie thinking like Bradley Cooper as a director really has nailed something here. And I would go as far as to say, even as somebody who has certain complaints about this movie, that one of the biggest surprises of me, what I would consider a snub, is that he's not. And I hate when people will always say that only to somebody who's famous. Uh, There are other directors who have made movies this year that I would rather see in there than him. But, you know, of the major nominees, it's very surprising he didn't get a nomination, especially this year where it seems like they didn't know what to do. They're like, oh, what else do we do for supporting actor? Uh, well, Sam Rockwell, we know who he is. Throw him a nomination. Oh, and there's <laughs> three women in the favor. Well, give them each a nomination. How did they miss him <laughs> when he should have just been a given just based on the fact that he doesn't have a Polish or Greek name that you can't pronounce? Well, speaking of Sam's and being nominated in supporting actor, we haven't really talked about Sam Elliott. Uh, he yeah. got a nomination for this movie as well. Uh, he's barely in it, though. Like, I think he's this, great. Don't get me wrong. I think he's really good in his role. But the guy's in it for, like, two scenes, isn't he? Yeah, this is kind of like, um, uh, well, similar to what we said with Sam Rockwell, but also even, like, Regina King, who's the odds-on favorite, I think, to win supporting actress. I feel it's the same thing, like, it's an actor they've always wanted to reward so they're saying oh they're good in this movie but again you add up the screen time and it's like it's minutes i remember back when shakespeare and love got all those nominations and it they ended up making a big deal afterwards that judy dench won supporting actress when she had something like 11 minutes of screen time and that was like you know oh that's it's bizarre that somebody was so little screen time she's in that movie twice as much as both um, Sam Elliott and Sam Rockwell are in their roles here. So uh, a little bit frustrating because, again, I love Sam Elliott. I mean, he's not really doing anything other than playing himself, but, like, he's such a powerful actor with nothing. Like, you give him nothing. He, he does voiceovers for car commercials. And I'm like, give him the Oscar. Like, come up with an Oscar <laughs> category for voiceover in a car commercial, please. Uh, but, yeah, not a lot for him to do in this movie. I mean, this this is obviously, like, Ollie and Driver. Everybody else is just sort of a throwaway. Doesn't, doesn't um, Anthony Hopkins hold the record for, like, least amount of screen time for winning an Oscar? For thing? actor. Like, Sansa Lance for about 12 minutes or something like that? Yeah, well, I, for a lead role, he has it. But for supporting roles, like, you know, you could be in it for one scene. Um, I think Ned Beatty, uh, there's a movie called Network in the 70s, which is an amazing movie. Uh, the Ned Beatty, uh, I don't know if he won, but he was nominated for an Oscar. And he has one scene in the entire movie that plays for about seven or eight minutes straight. And he got a nomination for a single scene. Mm, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I thought, like, just on Regina King quickly, and we might talk about this a little bit tomorrow. Can we just point out that, um, you know, it would be great that an actress from 24 mm-hmm. and who's also been on RuPaul's Drag Race uh, could potentially <laughs> be an Academy Award winner. Uh, also in Southland, a show which I absolutely love, Southland. Um, but, yeah, would that make her the first actor slash actress from 24 to ever go on to win an Oscar? I mean, Dennis Haysbert is still waiting for his Academy Award nomination. I don't know uh, when that's happening. But, yeah, go Regina King. I haven't seen if Bill Street could talk. But, yeah, well, well, yeah well, I like I'm, you. I'm, Carlos Bernard's bound to get an Oscar nomination one of these days. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Carlos Bernard. There be more things. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Kiva Sutherland. We're just ignoring the obvious one there. But 
Uh, he's, when's the last time Keith Sutherland actually was in a movie? Like, cause he used to always play the bad guys and he became Jack Bauer and now he just does TV. Yeah, he did, um, he had, like, after 24 made it big. I remember he did a movie with Michael Douglas called The Sentinel. Did you ever see that? Mm. Uh, no, I know what it is. I remember he was in Phone Booth. That was a great movie. Yeah, Phone Booth, yes. I mean, he had a couple. He was in Zoolander 2 when he basically played Jack Bauer. Did you ever see? <laughs> no. a big Zoolander fan. I mean, Zoolander 2 is pretty rubbish. But, like, he's in that randomly playing Kiefer Sutherland. Like, he plays himself. But he's essentially just playing this weird warped version of Jack Bauer. Like it's so it's the most random thing you will see. Like, hey, Keith Sutherland's playing himself. Okay. <laughs> so, Speaking of, anyway. I don't know if you're aware of this. You know, you're going to be marrying a Canadian, so you probably should know. I don't know if she would know either. But <laughs> like, you know that Keith Sutherland and Donald Sutherland are Canadian, right? Yeah, I know that much. Yes. Do you know that this is completely off topic? But did you know that uh, they had this massive project, like maybe? 15 years ago uh where the cbc network had this uh series where it was going to be the greatest canadian and people had to vote on who is the greatest canadian of all time and it would be like if you did the american version okay you could have abraham lincoln or you could have stephen colbert like it's it's anybody and Kiefer sutherland's grandfather was named the greatest canadian of all time over wayne gretzky I think you, I remember you telling me about this once, because isn't he like a, was he a politician or something? Yeah. Or? He is the, um, I guess mostly it was because he was the politician that sort of brought in the healthcare program we use in Canada. But yeah, that, that's just, it's it's funny because like Kiefer Sutherland's famous, but like in Canada, his grandfather, who is not an actor, is the greatest Canadian of all time. Well, when you mentioned before Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Colbert, two people that are often mistaken for each other. So that would be a good comparison if they ever did that in America. <laughs> Uh, one ended slavery, one ended David Letterman's career. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> there and thereabouts. Um, but uh, yeah, so best actor, best supporting actor, best actress, uh, best adapted screenplay, best original song, best sound mixing, uh, best cinematography as well. So um, Lady Gaga will surely walk away as an Academy Award winner, as will Mark Ronson. Um, I don't know if you're that into uh, Mark Ronson's music, but that will make me a bit happy that Mark Ronson can walk away with an Academy Award. So uh, if only uh, Uptown Funk was eligible for an oscar <laughs> oh it should be anyway just automatically <laughs> put out there uh i mean yeah I, i'm guessing yeah no other hope outside of the sound and the original song no and really we should just say this is it's such an unusual year because we keep saying oh it's really gonna get like even roma we're like we think it's a lock for four i remember growing up where you know if a movie got four or four wins and it won best picture it's like Ooh, it only won like four awards. Now it's just like a movie can walk away with three wins and one of them be best picture and it's somehow the best picture of the year. It's just this year it seems to be even weirder because there isn't a single movie that everybody seems to agree was good with the exception of Romo. Every other one you're getting very mixed responses to like Black Panther probably should have been nominated for Best Picture. Vice should have been nominated. Like, even up to, like, Green Book and, uh, well, even A Star is Born, you're getting some of these reactions of, uh, is that really a Best Picture thing? It it really is. We thought it was unusual when the first few ones we covered were Black Panther, Vice, and Bohemian Rhapsody. But, like, this is a bad year for movies. We've done all eight of them now. And I don't know if there's one that I would really consider a classic. Yeah. I, I mean, look... I, and just my personal bias, of course, I love Bohemian Rhapsody so much. But even outside of that, though, it's... And we'll probably talk about this more tomorrow. Is Yeah, this year is 
a lot weaker than last year. Um, <laughs> I mean, we only binned, what, uh, Phantom Thread last yeah. year. I think we rented two, and then the rest we bought. And we had nine last year, so we had an extra mm-hmm. movie last year to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is only the second year I've ever watched all of them in one year. Well, I watched half of one, so seven and a half of them. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would much rather rewatch last year's uh, nominations uh, because I feel... I mean, they were much... I mean, Shape of Water was just such a unique film. Uh, Three Billboards was a great, you know, movie mm-hmm. that you just... Yeah, you walk out of it. Even, you know, Call Me By Your Name had its yeah. moments. <laughs> Pretty scenery <laughs> and stuff. Um, so, Interesting yeah. Interesting uh, Peaches, yeah, was it? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> God, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> Army Hammer's in it. Um... <laughs> Yep. Army Hammer's uh, dong was in it. <laughs> Whose dong was better? The guy from Roma or Army Hammer? <laughs> um, That's going to be our category on the preview episode coming tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, tomorrow... Oh, well, actually, I guess we should break this. I mean, I'm still going to buy yeah. this film. Um, so what are you going to do? Uh, Unless you got anything else to talk about. <laughs> I, I really don't know if I want to go as far as to say I would buy it just because... I found I, there was nothing wrong with the second half, but like if the second half was the entire movie, I would say straight rent it. If the first half was its own movie, I would say straight buy it. So I'll kind of go with a very high rent it, uh, and, and that's with the disclaimer of I feel like if if I had pulled a favorite on this and decided to just stop halfway through the movie. This may be my favorite to win Best Picture. <laughs> so I'm almost sad that I decided to keep watching this through the average stuff in the second half of the movie. Should do that with uh, like the Book of Henry next month. Just like, oh yeah, I'll watch the first 15 yes. minutes of it and then just stop. Uh, that's, that's our new thing. Let's pull a favorite and just... Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Of course, it's rough. It's irritating. It gets everywhere. I think we already said that this movie episode, but I'm saying it again just in case because uh, I feel so bad that we've left that out so many times. Um... But yes, we're we're officially through all of them now. So uh, unlike last year, where we just had so many and we did it all last minute, we basically uh, didn't do a preview episode. We're going to do that differently this year because uh, we've we've gotten ahead of the game. We've pre-recorded all these a couple of weeks out from the Oscars. So uh, we're actually uh, going to, I guess, um, pause a little bit in terms of the way we're recording these and record the best uh, the best preview the preview episode a little bit closer to the oscars so we can catch up on some news and maybe see a couple of the other films but um yeah i mean i i'm going to be intrigued i guess for your rankings because you've you've seen my rankings i put it up on facebook that hasn't changed i I only um, looked at number one and then it disgusted me enough that i didn't read the rest so i may be surprised you know what number one is you know what number eight is (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) filling the gaps in between hand but no i'm looking forward to doing i guess a one and we'll give our predictions because i believe you won last year uh on our predictions um but you know i always look forward to being able to sit down and go through everything you know get to best live action short um <laughs> so you know the the underrated category of the academy awards and i'm actually Not i need to find out how to watch the bloody things well well let's let's add in there we have to have some type of like campaign for capernium of lebanon to win foreign oh. language film yeah, of course. Um, and we've also still got a campaign for ourselves to host the damn thing. Do you think it's too yeah. much for us to host? <laughs> Didn't really do too much of that, did we? Um, well, I so... will even sit in drag, okay? Yeah. 
and I'll speak Mexican. I'll like go up there and uh, put <laughs> subtitles on me. Spanish out there. Um, I'll I'll get all lesbian with uh, with Olivia <laughs> Coleman. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but yes, I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, I don't know how I'm going to watch them because, as far as I know, they're not shown on free to air TV here in New Zealand. <laughs> so uh, I might not be able to watch the Oscars this year. Bloody New Zealand! Like, come on! I mean, when Lord of the Rings was nominated for everything every bloody year, it was all on TV, wasn't it? Maybe when they when they get included in the best foreign language category, then they'll finally <laughs> give us a media coverage. Probably. But, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that tomorrow, so look forward to that. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, subscribe, all the relevant channels, Instagram, uh, the website and stuff. And uh, we look forward to wrapping up our Oscar coverage tomorrow with our final episode. My name is Ben, and I just want to have another look at you. And my name is Colin, and I just peed myself. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.